Hi everyone, this is Diva from Blood Hunter and you're listening to the Metal Pit Podcast. Welcome to the Metal Pit Podcast, where we delve deep into the albums and bands that shaped metal. Please visit us on our social media sites, Facebook and Instagram, at The Metal Pit. And of course, visit our website, themetalpit.org, and on our YouTube channel, which is at The Metal Pit 666. And we also have an email for the podcast, which is podcast at themetalpit.org, if you have any comments or album suggestions or complaints or whatever you want to say i am your host blake and i run the metal pit website and i've had it for many years which i've probably said that before and tonight today whatever is our first podcast where we've had four people on the panel i guess we'll call it and i have three of my writers at the metal pit i have jim billy and kenneth so how is everybody tonight You're good, sir. I'm ready to go. All good. Okay, this is our 30th episode and the 27th one where we discuss an album because we've had a few interviews and we had a whacking interview with Billy there a week ago or so ago. Now, this is only the second Canadian band we have featured. The other was Rush, which was the only episode i haven't been on actually with georgina and christina talked about rush but i don't i mean some people would probably not call rush heavy metal so i'm gonna say this is our first real canadian heavy metal band that we've been talking about and we're gonna talk about annihilator today well, we're gonna talk about jeff waters who is the main man and his band annihilator But before we start talking about Annihilator, I wanted to ask these guys about, because we usually ask about how you got into heavy metal. So we've all done that before, I believe, on an episode. So we're going to ask how you've all got into Canadian heavy metal or maybe Canadian hard rock that led to heavy metal later. So let's start with, who am I going to start with? I'm going to start with Nova Scotia and Jim. Maybe he's got a different view because he lives out east. I don't know. <laughs> probably because we we don't get a lot of lot of action out here but you know canadian bands i guess it would go back to obviously not necessarily a heavy metal but more like a 1980 lover boy album i think i got for christmas mm -hmm. uh before i had gotten into like judas priest and that sort of thing the helix uh in 1984 walking the razor's edge i mean i've seen helix like four times and and going back you know to the early triumph albums and i mean what i love about triumph is they've come to halifax and they do full-on they used to do full-on canadian tours uh when they were together and it was really cool first time i saw them was in 84 for the thunder seven tour but i mean i heard their stuff earlier than that uh because their stuff you know it's, it's all through the late 70s and that sticks was another one you know that album i think it was 83 kilroy was here uh bands like toronto uh you know and april wine i mean april wine i've probably seen a ton of times because they're usually like part of a we have a lot of festivals here that are on citadel hill And they're usually like even a New Year's festivals and stuff like that, where they they're doing all kinds of usually April wine back back in the 80s and 90s and even into the 2000s where we're always one of the bands that were always a solid 
uh, you know, attendance there. So a lot of that, uh, you know, I listened to back then. And then obviously, you know, I mean, I got into, as I said before, I got into metal with Judas Priest and after Sin accidentally buying that album as part of my, you know, I was buying, uh, what was it there, Saturday Night Fever albums. And it was one of the ones stuffed in. So, and then that, that kind of got me more into heavy metal right around the time and that came out from Metallica so that's about it Kenneth how about you well I mentioned this before but my dad used to build speaker cabinets for Yorkville Sound so uh, being a cabinet speaker maker he uh, knew a lot of bands so like he uh, when I was a kid he knew Lighthouse he knew April Wine and that was my first introductions to kind of like Canadian metal as well um, I guess the first really big band that I started listening to was of course um, Triumph uh, like Jim Thunder Seven and the, all the early, like you know, all the earlier Triumph albums are pretty much uh, are all pure classics. I liked Rush too. I knew Rush at the time, but for me, I really got into Triumph. I, I was a huge Rick Emmons fan. Loved his guitar playing. So yeah, I think uh, Triumph was the first major Canadian band that I liked. Um, but then it's you know it's built into like Sacrifice and a whole bunch of other Killer Dwarfs too. They're they're a band that I really really liked as well so yeah that's where that was my introduction it was basically April wine and it kind of led to triumph and how about you billy uh yeah so really there was one band for me that started it all uh and that was actually helix so 1984 uh walking the razor's edge i mean and that's also right around when i got into music like late 83 84 so didn't really listen to much like, you know, loved Rush and loved Triumph, but all that came later uh, as I really dived into music and exploring different bands. So, yeah, 1984, uh, Helix, Walking the Razor's Edge, uh, really not only started Canadian metal, but started my whole metal journey. Um, so, yeah, good times. Now, well, for me, it was now I'm a few years older than the rest of the guys here. <laughs> so and i asked these questions i say or i'm gonna ask this question and then i think to myself well, i don't even remember how to answer this because i can't remember myself but <laughs> but i know that i listened to i would hear the songs on the radio of course april wine which has been mentioned and the head pins once they came out and street heart and teenage head who i guess is punk they call him punk i don't really they didn't sound punk to me but anyway i had there's some kind of fun album and i i still listen to that regularly i still probably because that's one of the albums i had first in my life of listening to albums was that teenage ed album so i listened to it so much when i was whatever 14 or 15 wherever it was before i discovered heavy metal so i just kept listening to it because i still like it but then of course yeah then i think anvil came next i think for me i mean of course i did also listen to the bands you've already mentioned triumph of course i like triumph and we already mentioned and then helix i think i don't know if helix would if i would have heard helix before thrash i forget yeah i guess i would have yeah i think i listened to the rest of the wicked might have been the first helix album i heard i believe and then of course walking the rage's edge with rock you on it but yeah then the thrash bands came out like exciter and sacrifice and razor which we've already talked about 
And then, of course, I was going to mention uh, the Canada's first female metal person was Lee Aaron, even though if you had listened to her albums now, you wouldn't really think there's even could should be called metal, of course. <laughs> but back then, since she was wearing leather and had chains on and had a song called Metal Queen and an album called Metal Queen, of course, she became a metal queen. And I just had one little funny thing to say about that. Uh, she was playing at the Western Fair in like a bar that they had at the Western Fair in London, Ontario. And me and some friends were just sitting at our table with some other people. And this guy who looked like he had a few drinks before we got there, but he had a Voivod shirt on. And he looks at me and he goes, hey, do you know what this says? Pointing at his shirt. And I said, yeah, it says Voivod. He goes, oh, you speak French, do you? I went, no, I don't speak French. I know who Voivod is. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he thought I was just a Lee Aaron fan and I didn't listen to any other music or something. I don't know. But he didn't look like he liked females singing metal or something because he took his cassette tape that they gave away and pulled all the tape out and threw it on stage. <laughs> but anyway, that was a funny story because we also almost did a Voivod al uh, album for this one instead of Annihilator. So I would have told that story in that episode, too. <laughs> so anyway, now let's talk Annihilator. Briefly, a quick bio here. They were formed in 1984 in Ottawa, Ontario. They have released 17 studio albums and have had about 200 different band members. Okay, I'm joking. It's not that many, but I did count on Wikipedia. It's been 39 members, <laughs> which is a lot. <laughs> uh, let's see. Most cases, whenever I read about people leaving the band it was always for musical differences so i'm not sure if that's true or they just didn't want to say anything bad about jeff waters or what the deal is there <laughs> and the album we're going to talk about is their debut album alice in hell released in 1989 so for you guys i'll start with billy i guess when did you first hear annihilator and was it this album that you first heard annihilator yeah, no, definitely this album. Uh, I am pretty sure to be uh, for you know those of us uh, who are in Canada, uh, much music's uh, Pepsi Power Hour. So the video for uh, Alice in Hell was uh, I'm pretty sure was where I discovered them, and I remember rushing out to uh, uh, to purchase the album. So um, yeah, just a great track that caught me immediately and caught my attention right away. So um, yeah. Yeah, that's where I got him, right at the dead beginning, for sure. And uh, Kenneth? Yeah, but unlike Billy, about the same time, although I when they, started, when they toured their first album uh, with uh, Testament on Practice What You Preach, it got a lot of, um, a lot of um, reviews and a lot of write-ups. So, yeah, I, I knew about them at that time. So, But, I, yeah, I caught them at the very beginning, too, and went out and bought the album as soon as I had, like, heard about it. And, yeah, it's pretty much pretty much a classic right from the get-go and jim went was this this album also absolutely first album you know i fell in love with it in 1989 i would have been just graduating high school right into thrash at that point uh and then this just you know like uh you know you know Again, right on the Pepsi Power Hour, they were playing it in massive rotation because it was a Canadian band. And I remember at the record store, we had Sam the Record Man in the mall here, and they had a massive display of it as soon as it was released. And it was, uh, you know, and I mean, that, that video was amazing. A great hook. That song just got you in there. 
all my buddies and that just oh this new band this new band and they're canadian too i mean you know already i was already in love with voivod at that point but this was just something really different and really 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 thrashy it was awesome and i also i think like billy saw Al alice and hell video alice and hell video on much music and with kenneth Yosemar, i think he all mentioned it <laughs> But yeah, I believe that is when I first heard about them too. And probably, yes, when I bought the album, I don't really remember. I noticed I don't have any vinyls of Annihilator. I just have CDs, but I have a lot of CDs. But for some reason, I never got their vinyls. Maybe it was hard to get or something. So anyway, on this album, the band is... The vocalist was Randy Rampage, who sang on this album. And then he didn't sing on another album till their seventh album, Criteria for a Black Widow. So he sang 10 years apart on an album for some reason. <laughs> the drummer was Ray Hartman and the rest of the everything else was Jeff Waters. Now on the album, it is credited that the bass player was Wayne Darley and the rhythm guitarist was Anthony Brian Greenham. But that says it's a mistake and that they joined the band but they weren't on the album actually yeah so we're going to talk about bass on the album i believe pardon uh jeff played bass on the album yes. I'm pretty sure. yes he it had a whole like on wikipedia it had a whole list of things that he did yeah <laughs> like guitar bass blah, whatever everything backing vocals all this other stuff so yes i believe he did the bass and i guess he would do the rhythm guitar too over his lead guitar so we're going to start with the song now we're not, i'm not going to bother talking about the short instrumental we'll just get right into alice and now this always confused me when i first heard this because the album is called alice in hell but the song is called alice in hell <laughs> yeah. anyway so who's uh let's see uh jimmy how about the song alice in hell oh i mean this is the song that started it all this is, it's awesome. I mean, he, you know, so fast and the vocals, the vocals are amazing. And I think that's what grabs you with this album and even the next album after this, which I absolutely love as well. And, you know, it, it's a great, I, I like that too. It was Alice in Hell, the, al the album, and this was Allison in Hell. So it was really, really cool. I mean, the, the video was great. And, you know, Cradle of Filth does a great cover of this. I mean, a massive cover of this. Really, really do, do a good job on their, they, I think it was on a 2017, 2017 album. And it just, I mean, it gave it a massive homage. Sounded great. Yes, I have been, I've heard that a bunch of times because I had a bunch of Cradle of Filth albums. Uh, Kenneth, I know we all like the song because we all already talked about it, that we heard it first, oh. but... No, let me back up for a sec, Blake. You, I think you um, you missed a, a good opportunity at the beginning because Crystal Ann is actually a really good lead-in. I know it's an instrumental. It's 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 kind of haunting. It's beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. It has clear pr production on it. It's very much to me like uh, an '80s horror film. It leads in because I always felt that this album oh. to me I, I just equated to Nightmare on Elm Street because of the cover and because of some of the song titles so that so Crystal Ann to me is really the perfect lead-in to that song it, it they go hand in hand and then you get this insane start to a song that that basically doesn't let up and not and not even that but just for the fact that that Randy is has such snarly vocals and the high shrieks 
And obviously to me, he's doing his best at Dave Mustaine impression because he almost sounds a lot like Dave Mustaine. The way he enunciates words, the way he snarls in certain in certain phrases. It's very obvious that, uh, and I know there was a lot of comparisons from Annihilator to Negative back in the early days, but uh, that song, that song is, those two songs, like the beginning and the song are are perfect. The perfect opening for this record as far as I'm concerned. And Billy? Yeah, so I, I totally agree that Crystal Ann, I almost viewed the two songs together, but yeah, I just think it's, it's a great song. Like when I think of this song, it's like, you know, it's menacing and sinister. Uh, and uh, it just sets the stage like Jeff's guitar playing, just that crunching guitar uh, and his killer solos. It, just a perfect song. It, it really is, you know, uh, just, it, it sort of defines the band. And I guess just an interesting point, like having seen Annihilator many times, uh, probably like 2015, 16, uh, Jeff, I, I was watching them in Germany uh, and Jeff made the comment. I, I guess I feel bad for him having to play this every time, but he, <laughs> I think he said something to the extent of, Okay, let me get this this damn song over with, because uh, nobody's <laughs> going to let me out of here if I don't play it. Uh, so they played Alice in Hell. So he was probably a bit tired of playing it, but it really is a brilliant song. So I'm glad they play it every time. And that was that yeah. whacking then you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Like Jeff play uh, Annihilator because I think someone mentioned it. Annihilator are huge in Europe. Uh, everywhere mm -hmm. I see them in Europe, I mean they bring in thousands and thousands of people. Uh, even playing like small arenas in Europe, they're they're incredibly popular there. Yeah. I... Another point. Another point there. Uh, you know, on Crystal Land, you think about this was 1989. They put their instrumental song one. And a lot of these bands were burying kind of an instrumental farther back in the record a bit. So I think it was pretty ballsy to yeah. light into this. And it's almost kind of like Judas Priest with, uh, you know, Electric Guy and the Hellion. I consider it like like the guy said one song. Yeah. OK, I'm sorry I skipped the instrumental. <laughs> <laughs> <Don't worry. laughs> usually when I, we have an instrumental on, people, nobody really knows what to say. So. <laughs> So I guess I made a mistake on that one. Anyway, that's great. But yeah, it is a good lead into Allison Hell. Sorry. Yeah. And yeah, that's one of my favorite. It's probably my favorite, still my favorite Annihilator song. But you know, again, it's the first one you hear. And and I was I was talking to the other guys before Billy showed up for before we started our chat. But usually I use a Wikipedia site. But I looked at it and it doesn't look like it's very accurate for Annihilator as Allison Hal is the top song they play, but it says they've only played it 400 times. And I'm sure they've played more than 400 concerts in 40 years, I would think. So I'm sure it must be played more than that. So I didn't bother keeping any stats from that site as I figure it's not very up to date on Annihilator because the site does go by people submitting set lists and like you say, they're more popular than Europe than they are in their home, his home country or in the United States either. So, and I was just reading one part here about Randy Rampage. He left Annihilator after the tour of this album because he wanted to keep his seniority at his job on the shipping docks <laughs> in North Vancouver because I guess he had priorities. <laughs> it was a union gig. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. 
So anyway, then we go to where am I here? Oh, WTYD, which I was I had this on in the car and going because it's been a while since I listened to the album. I'm going, what's that stand for? And then of course you hear, "Welcome to your death." Of course. So uh, Billy, what do you think of "Welcome to Your Death"? Yeah, another uh, great thrash uh, song on the album. Uh, one of the more uh, intense songs, probably, I would say. Uh, and it's interesting because uh, Randy, uh, Randy's vocal performance, he almost gets into uh, death metal screen territory uh, on this one in one or two places. So I always found that kind of uh, interesting. Um so again, Jeff's songwriting. Uh, I mean, the song's like an intense, quick thrasher. But like at one point, they you know he slows the uh, song down. You know, some great guitar melodies and soloing, and then the song takes off again with with all the chunky guitars. So just another uh, great thrash song from this album. Love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything Billy's saying is pretty accurate about that song. Um, again, to me, it, it rivals, it almost sounds like Megadeth to me. It just has that, the driving rhythms, um, the stop, the starts, the middle portion of the, of the, of the song is actually really good. Um, it, and the snarly vocals. The thing about Randy is that his vocals, yeah, almost there is at times where he almost steers into death metal. And then, you know, he, he'll slow down and then he'll, he'll go in that, back to that snarly vocal sound which to me, I it's just so reminiscent of Dave Mustaine. I, I you listen to uh, I'm gonna get a song and then you listen to this, it, you can hear it. You can very much hear the style. Not that it was intentional, because I'm sure it's not. But he brought a very interesting dynamic to the to the band and to that song in particular, because it's it's kind of nasty and it, it's it's a really really heavy song as well. And Jim, do you have anything to add on that song? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I get the feeling I, I agree with Kenneth. I agree with the guys that Kenneth says it sounds like Megadeth. I find it more in the middle sounds like Megadeth. The start at least sounds like an old school Metallica vibe to it when it starts up. But I, you know, this would have been great. I, like where they're he's borderlining on a death metal sound. I would have liked to hear a real full on like morbidy angel right out there death metal from start to finish album project that they, they obviously could have easily done i mean i know they were a thrash band but you know like band like testament did it and that would have been really really cool and this song has got a lot of evidence in there that they would have been able to pull that off big time and he even did a little bit of that in alice and hell too in the chorus and stuff if it was yeah anyway now uh wicked mystic i hope i got that right kenneth yeah, this is a pretty good song. Um, I almost feel like it's a throwback to or a callback to like Wasp, because if you listen, if you read the lyrics and you try to interpret the song, it's almost basically like about okay, this is, is a person having sex, like like kind of wild, unbridled, passionate sex, because you get like lyrics like lust and dripping wet. <laughs> so I almost feel like the song's about fucking. At least to me. I mean, I'm just going to come on and say it. But it, it's a great song as well. I like it. It's just, I, I hear the song, you hear how heavy, you hear the riffs. It's great for that. But when you actually sit down and just listen to the lyrics, it's like, oh, oh, maybe that's what he's saying. Well, that's what, that's what I got out of it. But it's a really, really good song as well. There's nothing wrong with that song at all. Jim, do you get sex out of this too? 
you know, I, I got to admit, I, some of the lyrics in there definitely pointed towards that. Um, it's a fast song. And I mean, this has a huge sound to it. This is like exactly what Canadian thrash and Canadian thrash, American thrash. This is thrash 100 thousand percent I, I mean it's a wicked song and i agree with kenneth with what he said there it's it's got great lyrical content to it and and most of their songs do for sure so you know and billy you have anything to add on this song yeah no i think i think the guys have said it. it's actually probably my third or fourth favorite track on the album um i think randy it's one of his better uh vocal uh tracks on the album uh and again it just you know jeff jeff's guitar work just stellar uh once again so yeah just another solid great uh track on the album now the next song I think is the best title of a song on the album, and that's "Burns Like a Buzzsaw Blade." And uh, I'm I'm losing track of who I started with. Ken, I'll start with you. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, this one is actually pretty good. I, I was for some reason I was thinking of um, "Word Salad," but this song this song is pretty good too. It like it dips, it bends. Um, it's methodical and like not methodical, but um, it's uh, it's melodic. It's got a lot of playful aggression. I I like the song again lyrically. The buzzsaw, the idea of the buzzsaw. It, it's kind of funny, like you know, it, it's maybe it's a bit cliched at times as well with with some of the lyrics. But you know, that's what thrash is all about, right? Like just that playful heaviness and the lyrics. The lyrics is what I think stand out for the song for me. And uh, Billy. Yeah, I think the only thing I'll add there is I think this is probably some of Jeff's mo uh, where he exhibits the most versatility on the album. There's some really unique solos here. Uh, you know, sometimes I think, you know, I mean, one of his biggest influences was Eddie Van Halen. I can almost see a little bit of that in some of the more unique solos uh, on this track. So, yeah, a, a great track, but I do like uh, the versatility in Jeff's playing on this one. Jim? Yeah, not much to add to this other than I always got a song that I got a kind of a venom feel to it. Um, you know, and I really like it. Great solos. Uh another another great song on this album. The follow-up from the the two guys there, it's, that's pretty much it. it. It's a great song. And word salad is like an appetizer for, I guess, craft dinner that they put out on the next album. But, <laughs> anyway, uh, Jim, what do you think of word salad? I love this song. This is probably my second favorite next to Alice in Hell. I mean, I think it's it's borderlines on a thrash masterpiece. I love it. I love how it starts off a little bit on the slower side and then it just rips in. I mean, it's it's I, I like it. It's a great song. Great song. Uh, Billy? Uh, actually, for me, like, I don't know if I'm going to be the outlier among the group, but uh, it's probably one of the, probably my least favorite song. Uh, I, I do enjoy the song, but I, I guess the one part I, that doesn't quite click with me is uh, Randy's uh, singing on this one. Like when he gets into the pre-chorus chorus and he's clean, singing a little cleaner or more melodic. I don't know. That just doesn't quite work with me. Not that I'm against like melodic vocals or, or more clean vocals, but like when he's just shouting sort of word salad, no ballads, uh, I don't know. It just 
just doesn't do it for me. And uh, <laughs> of course, that's an odd sort of thing to be shouting. I mean, word salad, no ballads. Uh, but I, I don't know. It just didn't click with me. But that said, you know, Jeff, you know, Jeff saves the uh, song uh, just with his killer guitar playing again. But I don't know. Just the vocals don't click for me. Well, the word salad, no ballad. The I think the next album started the ballad, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But anyway, can anything to add about word salad? Yeah, well, the actual the the word the the word salad is actually taken from a term for a sign of mental illness. So if somebody has like repetitive speech and they sound confused, it's a, what you would say word salad is someone who might be uh, mentally uh, unstable. But the the lyrics it's all about it's all about being mentally unstable and having. Uh, seeing uh hallucinating and delusions which again is like a staple for it's funny it's a staple for all thrash metal it's like one of the go-tos is mental illness let's write about mental illness and this song has it in abundance but i i I mean i you know i i don't mind the vocals on this as as much the vocals are okay um i do agree that jeff's jeff's playing here is superb and he really, really adds a lot to the song itself. But I always like this song. I, I love, I love the term "what word salad" means. So for me, it's, um, it's, it's probably my second favorite song on the album as well. Actually, I was, I was probably maybe going to mention this later, but it seems like as I, like the other day, I listened to like nine and nine later albums to refresh my memory and try to see what I liked about everything. And it's almost like every other song is about mental illness yeah. <laughs> or an insane asylum or whatever. Yeah. So he's definitely has some knowledge or interest in writing about that kind of stuff. So, and then the next song is called schizos, which I think must have something to do with that too. Part one and two. I'm not really sure what the part one and two means, but uh, Jim, you want to start this one? Oh, it's another great song. I mean, it's just uh, a few words spoken with the repetitiveness of schizos are never alone. I mean, the musicianship on this are, is wicked. Um, you know, I think it's a great song. Um, you know, probably in my probably in my top half of the album for sure. But uh, no, I, I think it's a good song. And mm-hmm. as I said, like the, the guitar on this is really, really good. It's, it's a great, great uh the musicianship on it spot on billy yeah no i mean as jim said you know this is really all about the guitar it's a it's a jeff show um and and, you know like i agree they are speaking schizos are never alone sort of in the background but but i i largely view it as a instrumental track as a whole but i think it works perfectly on the record right it's not like you know where you could get a guitarist who takes this abstract musical idea and drop it into the album i mean this totally fits within the context of the album so i think it's in a perfect place in the album Uh, and again jeff just steals the show love his guitar work here and when you listen to it particularly with headphones there's some great bass lines that he does and sprinkles throughout that song it's a cool one and kenneth uh the guys have said it all pretty much i agree with every, what, what everyone has said although for me i know that from the lyrical standpoint it's about a singer who hears voices now is that randy hearing the voices because that's what i'm getting out of it but but it's kind of an ingenious little song, two parts, which, you know, you get the first part, second part, it's sort of, they go hand in hand, but yeah, it's, it's a very clever and uh, kind of unique song 
and it's perfectly placed on the album as far as i as far as i can see too and the next song i'm not even sure how to say it uh does anybody know how to say it yeah Ligia. <laughs> like okay well this then you start then called. Yeah, you so start then. Oh, okay. Oh, sure. I, I can start. Um, yeah. So basically, it's it's like it's Lygia. It's based on the short story, "The Tomb of Lygia" by Edgar Allan Poe. Um, it's a horror song. It's again one of the. It's a kind of song that's a staple for a lot of thrash bands, especially in the '80s. They were a lot. Of, a lot of these thrash bands were preoccupied with with horror. And um, oddly enough, for me, this is. I love the song because not too many thrash bands would go to like a classic literature, maybe with the exception of Iron Maiden, of course, who use a lot of classic literature in their songs. But the Tomb of Lygia. So basically, the song is it's a it's a nice song. Well, not I mean nice, but not mean in the sense that um, you know this guy, an unknown narr a narrator, he marries this woman. He's he's enthralled and he's totally in love with her. She is like like dark raven kind of dark hair and then two months into the relationship he de develops illness and then she spirals through anxiety and she uh, and all kinds of uh um like like a, like a death spiral basically until she dies and it's like his kind of uh lament uh the, at least the author's lament in the song so i the song is great i think it's a really powerful song and billy <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that. It's actually uh, probably my second favorite track next to uh, uh, Alice in Hell, to be honest. Again, I just think it's a really great uh, a chorus and it's somewhat catchy, And uh, but you still get the, the heavy crunching guitars. Uh, just a great song. I think uh, Jeff did a great job on the songwriting uh, on this one. It, it, I think it's a bit underrated on the album, uh, I would say. Is it deeper track but it's a great track and uh sorry uh jim sorry yeah and doing my like doing my research on it i had uh, read a lot of the stuff that uh kenneth had just said so i was kind of shocked because it kind of reminded me like well i mean it's an edgar it's, it's based on you know edgar Allan poe it kind of went like i never knew this uh you know when i when i listened to it prior to uh just this weekend I didn't realize it was necessarily about that and kind of got me thinking a lot about like, you know, plots from King Diamond albums, nothing that sounds similar, but just the fact that it's kind of cool for a thrash band uh, to kind of take on this topic as a bit of a horror theme, not really in a, uh, you know, it's not a conception album or anything like that, but it's a pretty good conceptional song. And I, I think that's pretty cool. So. And then we finish with human insecticide, Billy. Yeah, kind of a good way to, to close the album. I mean, it just might be the fastest song on the album, one of the uh, more intense songs. Um, so, yeah, a great way to uh, close the album uh, with a bang. I, I, you know, really just that simple. Another great uh, thrash song uh, on this amazing record. And Jim? Oh, yeah. I mean, talk about ending it with a bang. I mean, this song, this is my third favorite on the, on the album and probably in my top 10 of, of my favorite Allison in, uh, or sorry, my favorite uh, Annihilator songs of all time. But yeah, ending it on this, boom, just right in your face, heavy, fast, fast song. And that's what Thrash is all about is exactly what this song is. And Kenneth? 
Yeah, it's um, I actually think this is like uh, Welcome to Your Death Part Two because it has the same kind of driving rhythm. They almost sound the same. It's some like a, a almost a variation of that song. Again, but going back to the mental illness, I read this because I looked it up because I was interested in this the actual uh, human insectis in, uh, insecticide. So supposedly it's a person who's in an insane asylum and is battling cockroaches or, or vermin and is determined to wipe everything out um so it's yeah it's just it's funny you you mentioned the um mental illness part play because i think this might be the theme of the album it might actually be mental illness pretty much well i think a lot of the albums are yes <laughs> this one in particular though just based yeah. on a lot of the lyrical content though Okay, so that's the album. I like the song too. I mean, I didn't really say since there's four of us here, I didn't really bother saying much about the songs. But yeah, Alice and Hal is like my favorite, and I like Human Insecticide, and I like Buzzsaw Blade one there because that's a great title. <laughs> now we're gonna rate the album out of ten. Uh, let's start with Jim then. I'm gonna go. This was probably. You know, definitely a 10 out of 10 for me. I go back between this and Never Neverland as my two favorites. Uh, I mean, one and two, kind of the one and two punch. I like a lot, most of their catalog, um, you know, but these two albums and, and even the third album is, uh, you know, is, is really good as well and groundbreaking. But I, 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 you know, definitely a 10 out of 10. And uh, Billy? Uh, so high score for me too. Not sure uh, I would go ten out of ten. I'd probably give it at a nine out of ten. Um, but again, excellent score for an excellent album. Kenneth, nah, I'm going ten. I I agree with uh, Jim. Um, it it is their best album, pretty much in their catalog. Agree. And you start out with a bang for Canadian thrash. This is a pretty like serious Canadian thrash album in general. And for a debut, like this is, yeah, you can't get any better than that. So yeah, 10, 10 out of 10. Well, now I feel bad because I'm only giving it an eight. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but just mostly only because, you know, I like the next two albums better. And then there's also a couple more later albums that I like better. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of rate when I'm doing my eight out of 10 here, I'm kind of rating it to their other albums. Not necessarily, I guess, just to that album. Like I think you guys are, but I'm kind of going, well, I like set the world on fire better than this one. So I'd, I'd say I give this these, but anyway, it doesn't really matter. I'm giving it. Um, and Neverland's a good album too, Blake. You can't go wrong with that. So. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. I like that one. And set the world on fire. Yeah. I mean, geez, it goes on and on. And I was, well, we'll get to that in a second. But first, uh, usually we talk about seeing them live, but I already know that Billy is the only one that's seen them live. So you want to talk about how many times have you seen them live, Billy? Yeah. I, I've, thanks to the many trips to Europe, I've probably <laughs> had about 10 uh, times. Uh, the first time I saw them was actually their, their first tour in my. Montreal uh, playing with Testament and uh, Ratchild America uh, so that was uh, a killer uh, a killer uh, concert um, but then got to see them many times in Europe 
even one time in the U.S. It's pretty sad. I mean, it, it's a Canadian band, and, and you know Jeff has said this many times. Like, it's just not profitable to tour in Canada, and you know, barely in the U.S. And they were doing for many years one or two tours a year in Europe. Um, so that's that's the only way the band can can get enough people in there. So I guess a bit of a, a sad state of affairs to some degree, but uh, it's great that as a band they were able to do well. It was just sort of the other side of the Atlantic, unfortunately. Well, even the other. Really? Yeah. Uh, just a question there. Uh, did you see them like were they in a lot of festivals or like did you ever see them at Wacken? Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, Jeff is like a favorite of Wacken. Like, so he's okay. played there. I've probably seen them four or five times there. But they love him so much, they invite him to host stuff. Like they do wow. at the festival of metal battle, where every country has a competition to send their best right. unsigned band. But Jeff generally hosts that for many years. So yeah, he's cool. a favorite of the festival. I've seen him in uh, some UK festivals as well, uh, and Hellfest in uh, France once as well. Now wow. you now, oh, Billy, you told me you have a guitar of Jeff Waters. You want to tell that story? Yeah, I do. Uh, so yeah, so Jeff, um, so again, it goes back to this, I've been an Annihilator fan forever, and always had a connection being Canadian, and Jeff was Canadian. Um, so I think when, when Jeff was moving to the UK, in like 2015, he was getting rid of some of his uh, studio stuff. So, you know, we connected sort of online, uh, we did some negotiating, and I was able to get one of his guitars um that he used to do uh, record a couple of the albums um so yeah i was able to get that from him uh he signed it all he said you know he signed the case uh he had a lot of like you know um you know stickers on the case for the tours he did and he had them all signed uh by bands who signed it like to jeff and uh you know dave mustaine and you know slayer and uh so it's just a really cool piece that's one of my favorite uh uh, uh, pieces in the collection that, that I like a lot. That's awesome. cool. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah, so none of else, none of other ones have we seen them. No, I don't even know if I even had the opportunity. Like, because, like you said about touring Canada, I don't even know if I ever remember hearing about them touring Canada, mm -hmm. where I thought I should go see them. But now you, I was as I as we're talking here, I'm looking up other stuff to see if. And, you know, we usually do a top 10 list and we are going to do one. We're going to do the t our top 10 Canadian metal albums or hard rock metal, depending what you decide. But as I was looking at the members list, I thought, geez, we should have rated their singers because they had like seven different singers. <laughs> but we won't do that. But before we get to the top 10 list, does anybody want to talk about the rest of their catalog? Maybe what are your favorite albums? We I mentioned briefly about Never Neverland and Set the World on Fire. But Kenneth, do you want to say maybe what's what is your favorite besides this one? I think you already said this is your favorite. But yeah, what the, are some of your other favorite ones? Yeah, the first like four albums are are all good. Um, I like them. But then in the 90s, I it's a mixed bag because in the 90s they did refresh the demon and I don't know. Some of those albums to me, I just didn't understand what the hell he was trying to do with the songs. They seem like really, like really pencil thin. Um, I don't know. I just, I didn't really care for what they did. But then they had a renaissance in the 2000s when, when he brought in Dave Patton to play vocals. 
And Dave brought a really, really interesting style to the band because he's he's a very versatile vocalist. could could scream, could uh, do the death vocals, the shouts, clean singing. He was really, really good. And he also played rhythm guitar live uh, on on the shows. So, like, at least for the a, a good three albums, it was really, really good stuff. And and I love those three albums that that came out uh, during that period. So that was probably a period I liked. It was kind of a bummer when he left, when Dave decided to leave the band. But, you know, I guess he felt his time was, uh, you know, it was time to move on to to, to something different. But, um, and I believe Dave had his own band previously before joining uh, Annihilator as well. So, but th- that's a period that I that I really, really like. Like All For You, Skizzles Deluxe. Those those are real, two really, really good albums. Now, from what I read, Dave left just because he wanted to spend more time with his family as long as that's the truth but and but that's what i read is that's why he left i don't think he left to be in another band as far as i know but uh jimmy what about some of the other albums by annihilator yeah yeah like kenneth said the first four were really really good and then there was a little bit of a drought but i mean you know like all for you is wicked um i've bought the the compilation ones like the metal and the metal two and they're kind of neat but they're i don't necessarily classify them as full-on you know annihilator albums just because there's so many guests on it but it's kind of nice you know in 2022 to have somewhat of a a release to some degree it's kind of neat um you know and i have most of the catalog i'm trying to collect a few of the ones that i'm i'm missing uh some of the more uh, least uh, found ones here in north america and Billy? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to sound a bit repetitive, but certainly the uh, first four uh, are great. But I've always been a big fan of Criteria for a Black Widow. It's just always connected with me. So I think that's a good one. And maybe just, you know, uh, kudos to Jeff. I mean, uh, although Jeff on vocals is not my favorite version of uh, Annihilator. Uh, I agree. But that said, I mean, but you know, in you know, the last real full studio album, uh, Ballistic Sadistic, I thought it wasn't bad again, aside from <laughs> Jeff on vocals. Uh, but I, you know, again, I thought his guitar work was was pretty good on that one, and I thought you know, it was one of the better albums, uh, after sort of uh, a couple album runs. So, um, I don't know, I've always had a, a bit of a liking to, to that later era album as well. Uh, yeah, and the one that you mentioned there, uh, the one called Metal, and then they did it again. They had all the guests mm-hmm. on it. I do remember. I I didn't refresh my memory and listen to that again, but I do know I like Arch Enemy, so I like Angela Gasso was on Couple Suicide, and I know I remember that. I like that song mm-hmm. anyway from that album. But yeah, there was a whole bunch of guests, and then they redid it with that singer whose name fails me right now, but. <laughs> From Into Eternity Blog. was his name. Yes. Yeah. And they <laughs> had Dave Lombardo on drums at that point too, uh doing that metal yeah. two album. Yeah. Yeah. And I like uh I don't know, as I was listening to a whole bunch of albums there the last few days, like I liked like 80% of the albums, but then there's these sappy songs that 
it yeah. seemed to start on the second album, right? There was none on this Alice in Hell album, but starting <laughs> on the second dinner, album, you get these ballads in here. Yeah. And even though some of them are okay, but they still kind of, they're sappy when you're singing about lunatic asylums and this and that and crazy stuff. And then you got a love song in there kind of thing. I know it's probably not him wanting to do it. It's probably somebody telling him we need a ballad, <laughs> but whatever. So, but so like, you know, if they would leave those songs off, there'd probably be lots of tens, I would say, on some of the later albums. But, you know, probably every nine of their album would probably get an eight from me, except for maybe, you know, Set the World on Fire, even though that has a sappy song in it, too. <laughs> and Never Neverland, but whatever. But yes. Okay, so now let's get to our top 10 Canadian metal albums. And we will start with who? I don't know. Jim, let's start with you, I guess. Okay, I'll start at 10. This is this is going to be great. Uh, my 10th pick is Kick Axe, Vices. I mean, 1984. Yeah, I was just a kid. It was a wicked album. Number nine, I'm going to go with Sword, Metalized, although their new album is absolutely cool, too. Um, that was, I believe, in 1986. That's a wicked uh, band from, obviously, mm -hmm. Montreal. Exciter at number eight go with their first album I love and I remember picking it up at the record store Violence and Force I love the cover so freaking cool um, you know with the hands trying to break in with the knife of the door it's just so so metal I mean that that's 1984 go with uh, number seven go with Sacrifice in 1986 Torment and Fire I mean that's like another top Canadian thrash album for sure uh, number six, Razor. You know, a lot of people would pick Violent Restitution, which I love. I mean, I love all of Razor's catalog, but I first fell in love with Razor with Evil Invaders in 1985. And I mean, that's just a wicked, wicked uh, title track is awesome. I like Iron Hammer on that. Number five is Cataclysm, Shadows and Shadow and Dust. I mean, that's a wicked album, 2002, a little bit newer. Number four, I go with... Uh, with hard and heavy uh, a lot of people you know that's their first album i like it a little bit better than i like metal on metal and i huge anvil fan that's just my favorite one um you know the cover on that of painted black's not bad that's pretty cool uh number three going with one of my favorites of all time voivod killing technology i could have probably filled this list with a lot of voivod but i, I wanted to keep it just down to a couple number two i'm going with annihilator alice in hell Although I could intertwine that with uh, Never Neverland. I like them both pretty much the same, but I'll just give it to Alice in Hell today. And my first, my favorite Canadian hard rock metal band or metal band album is Dimension Hatros by Voivod, Voivod 1988. I mean, this is when Voivod, Warren Payne is like in my mind a masterpiece. It went from Warren Payne, that raw sound. I remember the first time I heard it, blew me away. Then you, you know, you're 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 four albums in going into Dimension Hat or you're you know, you're four albums in going into Dimension Hatros, and just everything kept improving as that time went on. So that's that's my number one. And let's go with Kenneth next. Okay, sure. Um I went entirely all thrash. So um, these all these albums I'm mentioning are albums that I grew up with and loved and still do to this day. So number 10, I'm going to start out with Overthrow. 
uh, a very unknown, well, a one album Canadian thrash band grew up in Scarborough where I grew up. Um, Nick is a friend of mine as well. And uh, I've been following his career from that band on to his five or six other projects. Now he has Nihilus Death Cult. But this album is really, really good. It's solid. I love the album cover. That's one of the things that really uh, attracted me to the album. It's a really good album for, for a one album kind of thrash, death hybrid if you want to call it that uh number nine i'm going with uh entropies uh ashen existence again i i'm good friends with both both dan and both jerry and uh i've i've talked to those guys so many times about that album it's another album that i used to hear a lot in the pepsi power hour they used to play it all the time um yeah that's a great album as well uh number eight i'm going with infernal majesty and that's a uh, none shall defy their first album mm -hmm. which is a killer thrash Killer Killer Thrash album. Band isn't really well known. I mean, probably not so much in the United States, but in Canada, if you're a Thrash fan, you would probably know who they are. Um, number seven, I'm going with again another another friend of mine, a really good friend of mine who I've been following his career for a long, long time, and that would be um, Mal Havoc, the release which they put out. Uh, Jimmy or James, he's always oh, going by Jimmy now, uh, but James is a is an incredible, incredible musician. I've always loved his work. Um, I know he he tends to he tends. I know he's putting out a new a new album coming out soon. But um, he's one of my he's one of my one of my favorite uh, musicians in Toronto. Number six is another one that's I'm surprised you guys don't have it on your list. But uh, Slaughter Strabato, which mm -hmm. I think is a classic one of album. But I was I was telling this to Blake last week that um, it's kind of has a connection to death because Chuck. Chuck actually uh, did come to Toronto when he did actually play in a band for a short time and then knew it wasn't his scene and then bolted back back to the States, back to Florida. But I think that it's one album, but it's a killer, but it's a killer record. I love the I love the album art. I love all the songs. It's fantastic. Number five, I'm going with uh, Killer Dwarfs, uh, Stan Call. Love these guys. This is a very radio friendly album, but I used to hear it all the time. Uh, I know Q, Q107 play, used to play on their Friday night show. Um, I love that album. Number four, I'm going with Razor, and I'm going to go with Violent Restitution because I do feel it's their heaviest album. Again, it's not the first Razor album I heard, but for me, I found it, it's most complete heavy album that they put out. Uh, number three, I'm going with, with Jim's pick as Voivod, Killing Technology, which is a fantastic album, very technical thrash. Um, I love the album art, love, love all the songs. Great, great record. Uh, number two, I'm going with Sacrifice, but I'm going with Forward Determination. And for me, when Reanimation came out, that song was played to death on much music. They played that song so much. I love the video. I love that album. It was It's a step up from Torment to Fire to me. I think the guys were firing, you know, in all cylinders of that album. And the number one, I'm going to go with Alice in Hell, Annihilator. Nice. And I'll let Billy go first before me, I guess. All right, cool. Um, so yeah, my, uh, top 10, let's start with, uh, number 10. Uh, so it, it's a band out of, uh, Quebec. Uh, the band's called First Fragment. Um, 
the album title, its French name, uh, Glory Eternelle. Um, so uh, this band is, uh, I guess I classify them as technical, technical thrash, technical death metal, but with a really unique, these are all like, you know, very well-trained musicians, you know, the, the this technical metal mixed in with like, you know, jazzy parts and you even get some like flamenco uh, uh, guitar in there. So it's a bit of uh, uh, off the wall recommendation, but it just if you like technical thrash or death, th this album is a must. They just finished touring the uh, US. Uh, I got to see them, they actually came to Toronto. Just, just amazing band, uh, really unique. Um, number nine going with uh, Sacrifice, but uh, I'm a little different here. I'm going a little later in their catalog. So for me, my favorite is Soldiers of Misfortune. Um, yeah. So again, I just think it's a little bit more melodic than the first two, but for me, it just clicks perfectly and it's always been my favorite uh, Sacrifice uh, thrash album. Uh, number eight for me cataclysm um so so jim cool you mentioned a great one uh and uh, just as fyi they played in shadows and dust uh, at wacken and just crushed nice. it. it was probably the, the favorite track of the whole concert but um so so me that's probably my second i'm gonna pick a bit later of ghosts and gods uh, i just like it it's a little more mature sounding um and also kind of cool tidbit, they did win the Juno, uh, sort of trading off with Voivod winning the uh, the Juno Award. And for our American friend, uh, friends, that would be the, uh, uh, you know, the Canadian uh, Music Award. So I guess the equivalent of the Grammys. Um, so number seven, I'm going with a band, uh, Martyr. Uh, and so they're out of Quebec, a, a 2006 uh, album, uh, Feeding the Abscess, just brilliant technical thrash, death metal. Um, and for those who are a fan of Chewy and Voivod, this is him and his brother's band. Um, so they've done a couple of these technical uh, thrash albums. And you could easily see why Voivod turned to him because uh, he was he's been sort of putting out those off timing riffs and you know he was a perfect fit into Voivod. But for any Voivod fans, you should check this thing out. Uh, the, the guitar playing is incredible. Uh, number six, Annihilator. We already talked about that. Uh, number five, I'm going back to, to technical death metal again from Quebec. Um, a band called Quo Vadis, uh, album uh, Defiant Imagination. Again, as I said, technical metal, uh, but this is kind of knowing Steve DiGiorgio, who we all know uh, on many bands actually played uh, bass on this album. Um, so he was uh, he loved the music that, that he jumped in and did all the bass uh, for the album. Uh, number four, again, going back to Quebec, uh, a band uh, Oblivion, uh, but it was E-O-N at the end uh, with an album from 1990 from this day forward uh technical thrash uh, this album was uh, i found out about it from all the american press uh giving this thing a 10 out of 10 the band you know in terms of progressive metal uh amazing musicianship these guys had it all they were probably 
three, four years ahead uh, of all the best prog bands, but unfortunately just couldn't, just couldn't make it. Um, but again, yeah, people need to check this album out. It's fantastic. Number three, uh, again, going back to the province of Quebec, 1989, Dead Brain Cells, DBC Universe. Uh, one uh, classic technical thrash album again. Uh, number two, Gore Guts, uh, again from Quebec, considered dead, really is uh, among all death metal fans, considered a landmark old school death metal album. Um, and also of note, we also get James Murphy uh, showing up to play some guitar on the album. Uh, and Chris Barnes from Cannibal Corpse uh, did some backing uh, vocal tracks as well. And number one uh, for me uh, is uh, all Nickelback albums. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, it's Voivod uh, for number one. Uh, and for me, a little different than the, the guys. I'm going one more album out. Uh, Nothing Face. For me, you know, I, I just really let it continued along the progressive music journey, uh, but still kept enough of the uh, older, edgy thrash. Um, for me, this is Voivod in peak form. Uh, and maybe there's a bit of sentimental value because this is where I saw uh, Voivod live in front of their Montreal hometown crowd uh, for the first time. So, um, yeah, that's my top 10. Some some unique stuff, but all killer stuff. Well, you scared me there with that knuckleback thing. I thought I was going to have to fire you. <laughs> yeah, <there> you go. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew there'd be a Gore Guts one in there. I told these guys before you showed up, I think, that there'd be a Gore Guts in your list. <laughs> Okay, I heard a lot of I heard a lot of names on every ones actually that I don't even know or I didn't pay attention to much, but okay. Anyway, so mine is mine's not very well, whatever, it doesn't matter. Okay, number 10, I got sacrifice for determination. Number nine, I have Razor and Executioner song because I really like Take This Torch, that song. I just love that song. <laughs> And I don't have any of the years written down here for most of these because I didn't bother. Uh, Annihilate, I have, num I have number eight is Annihilator, All For You. So when I had that, it's even on my list here for that. Number seven, I have Anvil with Forged in Fire. Because I love that album Great too. Album. Now Anvil's like, yeah, they're like one of the first Kane bands I really got into. Anyway, number six, I threw in, I don't know if you call them hair metal or not, but I got Helix in here with No Rest for the Wicked. Because mm -hmm. I love that album. Number five is one of the newer bands, I guess. Nobody else mentioned them. Unleash the Archers with their album yeah. Apex, which was released in 2017. And that's, I don't know what, I guess they're kind of power metal with some death stuff thrown in there, some vocals. But yeah, I really like that. And of course, female vocal with Brittany Slays there. Number four, I have Exciter, Violence and Force, which is actually their second album, Jim. They had Heavy Metal Maniac was their first album. Right. Came out a year before. I thought I thought you said Violence and Force was their first one. Number three, I got Annihilator, Set the World on Fire. Now, my number two, nobody mentioned this group, and I love this album. And they only had like maybe two albums but pile driver oh yeah, <laughs> metal, yeah. metal inquisition yeah. is yeah, my second that's, favorite that's a, that's album a good choice. <laughs> that is a good choice 
Now nice. it's the because I love the, the the title track, even though it's a little outdate, outdated now when you hear it, it's about going into a disco or whatever. <laughs> but anyway, I still love that song. And my number one album is Anvil, Metal on Metal. <laughs> I remember Good that. <laughs> and I also remember something about Anvil when I was working. I mentioned this on another podcast. I can't remember which one now, though. <laughs> but I was working at a cheese factory out in the middle of nowhere in southern ontario here in canada and i was looking out the window i was like 16 years old i guess i was looking out the window and we were right at an intersection and there was a van turning and i looked out and i looked at the van on the back of the van it said anvil on the back <laughs> and that was the closest i ever came to seeing them live was seeing them drive by where i was working because i've never seen them live actually now, uh, I have a couple honorable mentions, and you guys can throw some in later. Now, most of my honorable mentions aren't really metal, I guess. So, I get, well, Pickaxe, I like Vices, just like Jim said. I really like that album. I just didn't throw it in my top 10 here. Uh, Triumphs, Allied Forces is one of my favorite. And I also have Helix, Walking the Raiders of Edge in here. And I really like Headpin's Turn It Loud album, which is the heavier of their, what, three or four albums that they had. And also Diamonds. I don't know if anybody knows Diamonds, but they're kind of yeah. hair metal, kind of sleaze metal, whatever you want to call it. But with Priya Panda as a singer, and I really like that album. And I also did a photo shoot with Priya Panda once, so I wanted to throw that one in here. <laughs> anybody have any honorable mentions they want to mention? Um, well, there's Three Inches of Blood. That's an interesting yeah. band. Um Four, four was not mentioned, which kind of should be because he's a he's a Canadian, he's like an iconic legend. Um, I always like his music, but I would probably I didn't have any like Helix or Anvil, um, but I would have triumphed. I would have had Thunder Seven on mine. I would have mm -hmm. definitely put Thunder Seven. That's a great album. And then you were saying uh, hair metal, uh, Blake. What a Pony yeah. Hatch would would it would, would yeah. yeah. They're a good band for their time. Um, yeah, that'd be mine. There's a few others like Monster Mo Voodoo Machine, uh, Varga, or how about newer stuff like Striker? That's a that that's an interesting new band that's been around for a while. So I seen Varga at a small place in London. There was like a hundred people there. <laughs> yeah, you know, they went from the big time to the big zero. Yeah, after their their label, their record label debut, and then touring with Metallica and a bunch of bands, and then. Next album, nobody, no interest. Well, none of these, most of these bands we mentioned should have been more popular, but they just weren't, probably because they're from Canada. Yeah, sure. Like Annihilator is probably one of the biggest selling Canadian ones that we've, anyone's discussed. And then it was mostly Europe, like you said, that was mostly Europe that was buying their albums, not over here. Jim, did you have any honorable mentions? Yeah, I mean, you know, like Rush moving pictures. I mean, I kind of like I can appreciate Rush a lot more now than I did back when I was growing up in the 80s. Uh, you know, uh, you, you mentioned Unleash the Archers. That's a wicked album. Um, and it's a great band. I also like, you know, I was kind of sad the Agonists broke up because I, mm -hmm. I definitely like them. Um, you know, Vicky Prasaka's voice is is awesome but I mean you know it's just a kind of a sign of the times type thing where it's hard to keep you know unfortunately keep these bands going because uh, touring's touring's super hard and I mean that's where they're getting all their 
all their revenue from. So, you know, and Helix as well, like walking the razor's edge. I remember buying that. I mean, that was played on much music like crazy, absolutely wicked, uh, wicked album. And I mean, the most, most of Helix and I've seen them about, and I think I've seen them four times. So, and they just played here on the weekend in this eighties. Uh, they had Lee Aaron here, um, Helix, the head pins with their new singer and, uh, you know, <laughs> street hearts and all that stuff. So it was kind of neat, but yeah, there's a few of mine there there that I, I like as well. And, uh, Billy, do you have any others or. Yeah. I mean, so, so you guys mentioned some of them sword mentalized glad someone said three inches of blood. That's a great one. Uh, kick axe vices. Uh, I always liked also, uh, but maybe two others, uh, not as known, uh, a band called augury, uh, technical death metal, uh, an album called Frag fragmentary evidence, uh, and a band that's quite popular now from Canada. They've been touring all over the U S and Europe. Europe, um, is uh, also a technical death metal band uh, called uh, Archspire. So, so they're they're doing quite well now. Three or four uh, albums, but the last one there, Bleeds of Future, was a great one. And and Jim, oh, you meant Jim mentioned the Agonist. I also seen the Agonist at this same small place in London, <laughs> Ontario that only could fit like a hundred people. And I actually interviewed Vicky. I can't remember the year now. It's whatever eight or nine years ago but i interviewed her outside that place and one of the only two interviews i've did live one was with her and one was with that priya panda girl <laughs> they were playing at the london music hall in london which is a little bigger than this other place which i don't even remember the name of it because it was so small but actually she is in another band she's starting another band i just don't yeah. know anything about what kind of music it is exactly yeah now, is there any other new bands that anybody wanted to talk about, like newer Canadian bands that we haven't mentioned already? Is there anybody that we should know about? Uh, Lotharo's uh, a pretty good band for a Canadian up-and-coming band. They've been touring Toronto, and I think now they're touring the States a lot. Um, I've, I've been listening to them. I, I think they're pretty good. I like the vocalist. She's, she's got a set of pipes on her. <clears throat> what was that name? Sorry. Lutharo. Oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah, I saw. Okay, yeah, you probably heard of them. Yes. Oh, and then who? Oh, Ken, you mentioned Thor. Yeah, I used to love Thor too. Oh, Thor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just saying that because he's basically he is a Canadian icon to some degree. I, I think he's more known in the states than in Canada. For if you want my honest opinion, but you know, you can't forget Thor. He did a can't. documentary on Netflix. I didn't think he was big enough to have a documentary, but he did. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's true. But Billy, is there any other bands you wanted to mention? Or do yeah, we I, I, I named two quickly. I know time, we're a bit tight for time, but uh, Riot City, traditional metal. Out oh, of great, Florida. great. Um, yeah, just so really awesome. making good progress, uh, good songwriting. I love the vocalist. He can really hit the high note. Yeah. Just got to see them live, and they were incredible. I mean, cool. I've never seen a band so happy to play. I mean, in Germany, I mean, they must have been playing in front of 2,000 people in one of the smaller stages, but guaranteed the biggest show of their life, and the smile never left their face. So that was really cool. And then from uh, Sudbury, Ontario, uh, a back to technical death metal, but this really cool band, Fractal Generator. Uh, mm -hmm. They have an album 
album in 2021 called uh, Macro Cosmo. So if you, if you like sort of, you know, it's largely a, a one uh, one man band guitar player. Of course, he, he brings in session uh, musicians to help, but just, you know, again, brilliant technical metal but still plenty of melody and and structure to keep everybody engaged so i think that's a, a great up-and-coming band and from all places sudbury uh a small town to to produce technical death metal kind of cool and uh i'll just i'll mention this for jim he just reviewed the spades gt is the name of the band and it's rob reiner's from anvil's son who's the drummer of this band and they're from Barrie, ontario and you can check out our website for jim's review of their new newest album or maybe is, is it is it their only album or it's just the newest album i forget yeah Sorry. it's their debut album Sewer Boy, City debut. Debut. yeah but yeah that's pretty good so make sure you check that out so thanks everybody for listening now if you're from canada make sure you still check out some of these bands that you haven't heard of before and if you're from the united states or wherever you're from Listen to everything we've said because we need to get Canada back up on the, <laughs> on the metal yeah, map right. before it disappears. <laughs> okay, thanks all you guys for joining me. This is great, and we got to talk about a Canadian metal bands. Great, thank you. Thanks. So, thanks, thanks everybody for, for listening. Me.